You're listening to Never Sleeps Network. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Bilal Bakani at BilalV87 on Twitter. Smackdown Like a Fox, it's the review of the first Smackdown ever on Fox. And the big storyline was Kofi Kingston going up against the one and only Brock Lesnar defending his WWE title. Earlier in the night, we had Aaron Andrews, who it's a peculiar pick as a guest uh, backstage commentator or backstage reporter. They credited her not even as part of the WWE, but as an NFL reporter, which is understandable. This is a cameo for night one, I would assume. And she quite got into it. I don't know why she brought an essay with her. It appeared uh, quite a bit of folded paper there, but she was quite good, and this was quite fun. The New Day were pumping up Kofi and explaining why they weren't coming out with him. We also had Kayla Braxton backstage with Paul Heyman, and Heyman talked a lot about Rey Mysterio, which ended up being foreshadowing for later in the night, and eventually did preview what was to come with Kofi and Brock. The match itself, and, and you could tell, I was looking at my DVR, and I could see it was already 9.50. I was a little bit behind. So... The thought comes to your mind. Actually, I wasn't behind. I was live. They've got 10 minutes for this match. They took about two. Probably one. Brock basically won right away with an F5. Kofi's out. Brock's the champ. And then Rey Mysterio's music hits. He's got a sling. And Dominic has just gotten jacked and gotten shaped. No, it wasn't Dominic. It was Cain Velasquez. But it took me way too long to realize it was Cain Velasquez. Thank God Michael Cole couldn't hold it in for more than a few seconds, if that. Cain Velasquez got in the ring, beat up Brock Lesnar for a little bit. Brock ran away with the WWE title. And that was great. That was what AEW wanted Jack Swagger to be. Granted, very similar and not a creative idea in either stretch. But this was really good. And using Ray, not just his music, but to use him as a vessel for Velasquez... Um, is quite good, and I think Dominic, if he shaved his head, could be a stunt double for Cain Velasquez in his Hollywood movie career later. I'm just kidding. But this was great. I, I kind of hope Kofi and the New Day... <coughs> I hope Kofi takes some time away, sells this loss, and then I hope Brock attacks the other members of the New Day, and then they can sell that Brock has decimated the New Day. Because for him to decimate Ray and for him to show up a couple nights later... It's a little bit of a problem. We also had what really wasn't billed as a match going into this, but it was fairly significant. Seth, okay, no, you know what? I'll, I'll come back to this. Let's talk about The Rock. So this show opened with Becky Lynch. She came out, did a bit of a spiel about being on SmackDown, blah, 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 blah. Pretty good stuff. I don't want to really belittle it, but it wasn't important. Baron Corbin, the king of the ring, interrupted. The Rock interrupted him. There was quite very vintage, old-school Attitude Era stuff from The Rock and Becky ripping uh, Baron Corbin. I, I feel like this material needs to be updated. The joke about testicles and... I just... Uh, is The Rock... Is he not capable of modernizing this vernacular? Probably not. Although Becky did add some good touches. So, eventually, Corbin got beat up by Becky and The Rock, which was great. And then, right after, we had Becky and Charlotte taking on Sasha and Bailey. And this kind of went how you thought. Sasha hit uh, Bailey with the figure four. And that'll set them up for a title match later. 
keeps Bailey and Becky pretty strong. That's to say Sasha and Becky strong going into Hell in the Cell. So I'm good with that. Great match. <coughs> it wasn't prom- <laughs> promoted, but man, oh man, does this deserve credit. Seth Rollins took on Shinsuke Nakamura, and you better believe Sami Zayn was there in a champion versus champion match. But after Seth entered and before we got Shin and Zayn, Bray Wyatt introduced himself to the SmackDown audience, including his special friends. But this being a Firefly funhouse, things went wrong. Rambling Rabbit uh, tried to uh, warn Seth about the dangers of Hell in a Cell because it turns out he's a Seth Rollins fan. And uh, Bray then simulated what that would be like by putting Rambling Rabbit in a cage, a red one too, against uh, Mercy the Buzzard, who basically murdered him. And uh, Bray basically made it clear he was going to crush Seth Rollins on Sunday. We also, well, we finally got to this match. Sami Zayn uh, didn't really talk here, but was very animated as uh, Shinsuke came out. Fairly entertainingly so. The lights went down. We cut between Shinsuke in the ring and uh, Rollins trying to escape on the ramp. Rollins just decided to wait for Wyatt. And the Fiend came on stage, put him in the lock, threw him off the stage, maybe into some tables. It wasn't clear. They went to break. Very good stuff here, especially for something that wasn't billed. Uh, This was a great match that sort of took the Wyatt character... And instead of a pre-taped vignette, they, they did something that felt live, even if it wasn't, or at least was presented live to Seth, and to uh, to have the feed show up, not at the end of the show, but earlier on, was actually something I didn't expect, because it wasn't the end of the show. So that was quite clever as well, and it made the show feel strong, uh, along with the next match I'm going to talk about, which is Shane McMahon versus Kevin Owens in a ladder match. everything you would expect and the one thing I wanted to happen did Kevin Owens won and fire Shane on the spot and stunned him I would imagine Shane will go to some backstage duties with WWE and just stay off screen he's getting old well older I think a lot of people uh, thought that Owens would actually lose I'm quite happy he, he did not although I feel like a draft to Raw is probably coming. It's hard to imagine him staying on SmackDown, in my opinion. Uh, and certainly, he wa- I don't think he was a part of the montage off the front. And as much as the draft, uh, I'll get to that a bit more later, is next Friday, I think WWE already has their rosters in place, and we're just going to find out about them. But if you go by the intro, I think you can narrow it down quite a bit. We also had, uh, and I'll quickly, uh, the stage was quite great. I just want to take a moment and say that. We had Daniel Bryan on commentary for Rowan versus Roman. That is to say, Eric Rowan versus Roman Reigns. And I should just say their full names all the time in a lumberjack match. Um, And, you know, I could tell you who the lumberjacks are. But they're about what you would expect. The goober tag teams and uh, the mid-card. Including some recent contenders for the U.S. and Intercontinental Championships. And eventually what happened was, with the help of Daniel Bryan, uh, Roman won. And they had a, you know, sort of a dramatic handshaking, which was interesting. Although the way Brian set it up, sort of one time we'll be friends, you know, left uh, quite, you know, what didn't make it as definitive as I would have liked. The Miz teamed up with Heavy Machinery and Braun Strowman to take on Adolf Ziggler, Bobby Roode, AJ Styles, and Randy Orton. This was a weird match, and it kind of didn't matter about the other seven people in this match. 
it really just came down to Braun Strowman and Tyson Fury, the great boxer, really the undefeated boxer, uh, sort of taunting each other and then bumping into each other. And uh, eventually Braun just pinned Ziggler to show him up. After Fury jumped the guardrail and wanted to attack Strowman, the security stopped him. But I kind of want to see Tyson Fury against Braun Strowman and... Fury is undefeated. I kind of would give it to him, which would be very interesting. We had a weird segment backstage where 24-7 champion Carmella, who who's on the Todd Shapiro show on Tuesday at 5.30 Eastern, if anybody's got Sirius XM Channel 167, it's got to plug that show I work on as well. Um, so my friend Carmella, who's the 24-7 champion, and I'm interviewed at SummerSlam, by the way, was backstage with Marshmallow, R-Truth, and the Bellas when Heavy Machinery showed up and I guess they wanted to eat Marshmallow and they knocked him into Carmella and a referee took it upon himself to count the pin, although he seemed to be undercover. Not sure about all this, but it was funny and enjoyable. And apparently Marshmallow has lost this title to someone, but that's only on YouTube. And, like, I, I will go and find that out later. But if WWE is not going to make it part of SmackDown, I'm not going to make it part of my SmackDown review podcast. That's just the rules. Uh, a, a couple other things I want to hit on, because there really wasn't a low light here. This wasn't like AEW on Wednesday. This is a damn fine show. This is what wrestling should be, period. The stage looked great. All the matches were great. Uh, but a couple interesting tidbits. The WWE draft will start next Friday, not this Monday, as I actually thought. So it starts on Friday on SmackDown and then carries over to the following Monday, which kind of makes sense because you would assume SmackDown will stack the deck. So why not give them the first day of the draft and then Brock and pick the scraps on uh, the Monday after. And plus you can get some fallout from Hell in the Cell. So, Although it does kind of make you wonder what the hell are they going to do on the Monday after Hell in the Cell. I would imagine it will be the most tentatively booked card in recent memory as the rosters will be about to flip. So we'll have to see. There there also was uh, a lot of cameos. Uh, we saw, I mentioned Tyson Fury in the crowd. Lita, Trish Stratus, Maria Menutez, uh, Mick Foley, Kurt, Kurt Angle, Hogan, Flair. And then I don't care. This, this went on for too long. And then there was a blue carpet that repeated most of those names and also featured Mandy Rose, The Miz, Triple H, and St I, I don't care. I this is probably where they went too far. It's it's one thing to integrate a Aaron Edwards or Aaron Andrews in, in a legitimate role. And I don't mind seeing Lita and Trish. I think that's a great moment. I like the Tyson Fury stuff. Mick and Kurt, okay. Flair and Hogan, eh, I just saw them on Monday. I think that's too much. I know they're draws, but... You'd imagine they'd pop up for this storyline anyways. So you're kind of diminishing returns here by just giving them a couple seconds of screen time. Even though Hogan was hugging The Rock's mom like that was sweet. But I don't know. It just felt like too much here. And the blue carpet stuff, I just don't care about Cesaro. I don't care about Bobby Lashley and Lana being out there. Like maybe if you gave me some like interviews, not just a bunch of B-roll, literally, I'd care. But this was an excellent excellent edition of smackdown there was not really aside from these uh celebrity too much celebrity stuff there wasn't really a weak point and obviously what we're gonna see now is 
They'll shuffle the rosters next week, which will be a good show. And then the week after, you won't have The Rock, I would imagine. You probably have to give Brock some time off. You probably don't have Aaron Edwards in there. Aaron Andrews. So you won't have the celebrity cameos. So we'll start to see more of Heavy Machinery. We might see a tag team match that isn't just thrown together. Um, and we'll see some more of the mid-card. And I think these shows will just get better. I, I really uh, i am happy that wrestling is on a major network again. Well, never before has it ever been on this way weekly. I know we've had main event. I know we've had other things. But this is really, really a big day for wrestling. If you don't understand, in the U.S., cable uh, is not as prevalent as it is, say, in Canada. And over the air is really king. So a show like SmackDown that would you know, normally do 2 million. And granted... It's sort of becoming the alpha show, so maybe it's more comparable to Raw now, where it has the roster to garner three million on USA if Raw was treated like or SmackDown was treated like Raw. I think it's fair to expect this show should double that two million audience and be in that four to five million category. And to give you some context, we found out recently that AEW drew, uh, I believe it was uh, well over a million, may have been one and a half million. But I think a lot of that is curiosity. I think a lot of that will die down. But an excellent, excellent edition of SmackDown. I'll be back on Sunday for Hell in a Cell. I'll be coming to you from Ottawa because I'm going away. But I'll still do it. Maybe a little late on that one. Monday, we'll be back for Raw. Wednesday, oh man. <coughs> Wednesday, I will... I don't know if there's more about the cough or more about AEW. But I will probably... I'm not going to promise anything. I'll probably take another crack at AEW because I got a lot of response. The most response ever for this podcast. Ton of listens. I'll be there for that. Probably. And then Friday, we will return to SmackDown. We will deal with the draft. And then that following Monday, we'll have the second part of the draft. Uh, as always, I'm BilalV87. At BilalV87 on Twitter. Do I just say BilalV? Gotta work on that. BilalVakani. Uh, always love your comments, good or bad. I, I don't care. I just like to know that other people know I exist. And that was SmackDown on Fox. Never Sleeps Network. This has been a Never Sleeps Network production, executive produced by Alex Ross. For more information and content, visit NeverSleepsNetwork.com.